the fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire. Through the Fire. In fact, you know, when it just said God's love and God's solutions, boy, do we need that today more than ever. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's just a very, very heavy time. I think everyone is, is feeling uh, weighted down by what's happening uh, here in the United States uh, mm-hmm. with our officials, with our family, the divisiveness that we're seeing uh, in our relationships because of, you know, differences in opinion and in values and all of those things. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, and today we're going to talk about estrangement. And I think that's kind of a good topic, although we're going to talk about it in a more focused way than than what's happening in the culture. But it is a heavy time. It is. And, Mm -hmm. And we talked about maybe talking about what's been happening, you know, the uh, politically, but um, mm-hmm. and and I know a lot of people are are hoping maybe that's what we would discuss. But I I said to you I I just feel it's just uh, all around us right now. Everybody's mm-hmm. discussing it. So let's talk maybe about estrangement um, in families, especially because you brought to my um, yeah attention attention. We, we, thank yeah. you. Um, an article right. uh, about estrangement with uh, between uh, adult children. And parents, and that's something that, you know, I see a lot in my work, and um, I'm seeing it more. And uh, this particular article um, about estrangement was written by a psychologist and author, Joshua Coleman, mm-hmm. and he dis- discusses about how a shift in American values is shifting rules and feeding this disengagement that we're seeing right now. And he's mm-hmm. written two books that I think are really uh, worth looking at. Uh, one is called When Parents Hurt, and the other is called Rules of Engagement, Why mm. Adult Children Cut Ties and How to Heal from That Conflict. So, you know, it, it, it's rare that we would hear of children intentionally, permanently cutting off communication with their parents. But today we are hearing that. And we're hearing yeah, it more and more. Actually. Yeah, more mm-hmm. and more. And we're hearing it not just from the parents that are being cut off, but also kind of like a righteousness uh, from the adult children that are, you know, willfully choosing to disengage. And, you know, this, this will have some, again, we're not going to talk about it today, but it'll have some wisdom to how you can even deal with the political stuff that comes that way too, right? Right, right. Um, and, and by the way, uh, we will have a prayer for our nation in the middle of the program too. But, Absolutely. But you're right, this is happening more and more, and you would think that those seminal relationships, child to parents, parents to children, would would be something foundational to our culture, something that we would, would want to nurture and grow, and it seems to be that even that's breaking apart. It is. And, um, you know, we, we've been seeing it for a while now because he's right to a certain degree that, that uh, values have been shifting and changing. And, you know, we've been seeing it since uh, at least the, in the mentality and the behavior of the Gen Xers and the boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so while I don't believe it's quite systemic yet, I believe we are on a trajectory towards it being so. And mm-hmm. I can think of several possible reasons that adult children might choose to disengage from parents. And I have my own uh, possibilities, but I want for you to share first. So what do you think are some of the reasons? Well, you know, I agree with you that uh, it may may not be systemic in nature at this point, but I 
I first of all think people are doing more of these things because they can. Um, you know, we, we are a wealthy nation. We can kind of start to do the things uh, that we want to do. And what you're going to find out is we don't often do the right things when we do the things that we want to do. So I think that is the first thing. And, you know, so the article does talk about people being independent enough to make those choices for themselves. The question is, should we still make those choices? And I think, uh, you know, or is this the best way to deal with the problem that I might be having with my parents or with my kids or something like that. So the first thing I was thinking about is um, the big challenge for me is not that we're just becoming estranged from each other. I think that's a result. I think uh, I I see that all around. The question is, um, how is our growing estrangement from God impacting us, you know, directing Mm. us, especially uh, against, you know, away from his wisdom, away from his healing strength. So I do think that there's there's that move in it because I think there's a secularistic move in our culture that it really is pushing us and it's causing some of these ramifications. But so there are particulars though that that's a systemic thing, and there are particulars we should talk about, and you deal with these all the time, don't you? Yeah, I do. But um, you know, when you were saying about having getting a separationist from God and from from the Bible, I think that's part of it mm-hmm. too, because then we're looking for fulfillment, and uh, in other places, and other people are responsible for our happiness. When when we're really connected to the Lord and we have more of a fulfillment, right? And mm-hmm. even those spaces that might be uh, gapped, you know, they're not as painful. So, you know, what I'm seeing right now today is that uh, a large part of the conflict that we're seeing is more of a psychological. They want uh, children, adult children, and, you know, young children want their parents to to accept their, their identity and to be responsible for their personal growth and happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer just enough for a parent to feed, shelter, and supply a safety for their family. Uh, parents are now being held responsible for the happiness of their kids. And what's happening now, um, you know, we, we used to talk about helicopter parents, right? Highly mm-hmm. scheduled or very right. um, immersive, intensive kind of parenting, that parents that want to shield every child from every pain, mm-hmm. defend everything that could come against them. And what happens with that is we stifle the child and they're not, they don't learn how to handle problems. And sometimes that even moves forward into adulthood. We think of everyone loves Raymond, right? Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a funny one. We mommy. laugh because it's kind of painful. <laughs> yeah, mommy, because she's still carrying those things forward, right? right. So sometimes, you know, adult children uh, will disengage for that reason, because they, they know that they need to move away and and, and grow up. Well, you know, but again, like you said, I, it does go back to the fact that if, if you're looking for someone else to fulfill you, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your children, whether that's your parents, if you're looking elsewhere before, God is the one who fulfills us, mm-hmm. and then we get to love others in his name. That's the Christian perspective of this. You remove God, and then you start looking for people to fill that gap, you're never going to find them, right. even if you're the one choosing them, right? Right. And, and you know, we really do need to be responsible, you know, once we become adults for our own happiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, there are times whenever a parent does not acknowledge any real pain that they've inflicted uh, on on our ch- on the children, you know, grown children. And that can be, you know, continued to be traumatic and, and painful. And then you have the whole issue of divorce, which, of course, happens a lot when you're separated from the God. You know, the, this divorce automatically create separation. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the spouse goes off and, and marries and brings in new children that into the 
family, and then those children are having to compete for time, attention, resources, and that's painful, um, you know, emotionally. Well, and it creates a web of pain. It creates a rippling effect of pain. And one of the things that people don't do today, they, they just assume if I made the choice, it's a good choice. No, that's where I think God's Word and the moral teachings of the Scripture even challenge your choices. And, and so there can be choices of self-autonomy that are good, mm-hmm. but then there can be, like you say, with divorce and those kinds of things, that ripple effect. And then just to tell children, get over it because it was my choice and I need to be happy. Yeah, but you then afflict pain down through the generations in That's people's right. lives. And That's so, right. And so that all these things are part of the, what's going on, right? Right. It just shakes everything up. The very foundation has been uh, shaken up and, and falling apart. So, you know, children try to put those pieces back together again, and they mm-hmm. don't feel that they're able to whenever they're young. And then when they grow up, that's what they do is they put the pieces back or they don't. Right. You know, they move away. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about what happens when a child does disengage from a parent. Well, first of all, you know, I don't think that there can be anything more painful <laughs> than, uh, especially if it's an unjust disengagement of parents from children or children from parents. And and so, again, the first thing, I, I was just thinking about a Bible verse, and I know it's a pretty typical one, train up a child in the way sh- they should go, and they will not depart from it when they're old. Mm-hmm. What that doesn't say, or at least the Bible is very clear that it's a very realistic verse because they know that children can move away. You know, there's mm-hmm. a certain sense where you might have a moment of disengagement, even if you train the children up properly. Um, so the Bible is realistic about uh, people's break from that wisdom in the middle of their lives. And so uh, if there is a break, if you're struggling with that right now, um, it, you know, we're all sinful people. We all make mistakes, but we're called to be the best parents and children uh, and, and best uh, children to our parents that God would have us be. So alienation among those we're called to love, that is a source. It's absolutely a source of great pain. But again, the question is, uh, do you solve that pain just by making choices on your own, or do you start to try to solve that with the wisdom that God gives? Um, But I had one more thought about that, and that was John 13, where it says, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And and God's love for us uh, is more than our love for each other. So if you're struggling with estrangement, we're really not just talking about how well are you doing. Uh, we're really saying, are you really resourcing you yourself in in the love that God can have, which might be able to deal with some of these things? So um, when merely you bring your best to a relationship, if you're a broken person, mm-hmm. you're going to experience all kinds of alienation. So, and you know, and Marie, that's what you see a lot of in your work. I mean, you just see this kind of alienation when people are just trying, sometimes even do their best, but it's not enough, right? Right. Just like we were talking about with the helicopter parents. I mean, they're really trying to do their best, right? They're doing the very best that they know how. But mm-hmm. what you just said a minute ago is really pivotal, and I hate to use that word because that's kind of an old <laughs> word right now, but it really, really is when you say broken, you know, mm-hmm. because we're all flawed and we're all broken. And, you know, we need to acknowledge that. Um, so, you know, when we talk about this estrangement, you know, parents are feeling extremely broken at that time, especially mm-hmm. if they were a helicopter parent. They're feeling very unappreciated. They're going through mourning. They're grieving the, the, the loss of their children, and they fear that they're going to die alone. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so this is, it's very, very painful. And, you know, you and I actually know people that no longer speak to their parents. We know parents whose 
who their children no longer speak to them, and it's been years and years. And then you have the adult kid who is doesn't really even see that, but they're feeling a sense of empowerment and sense of control because they've made this decision. Right. And it's their right to increase their happiness because their whole foundation is that their parents could, you know, were supposed to contribute to their happiness, right? It never used to be that way. Well, and I think, too, people, where you just said that word right, we, we have gotten to this point where everyone thinks that as long as I assert my rights, good things are going to happen. And actually, the Bible is very exactly the opposite. It's exert your responsibilities. It's live up to your responsibilities, and good things will happen. And even there, you can try to be living up to your responsibilities, and you're still going to have struggles. Right. But th- th- this idea of, I'm just going to assert my rights on you, this is a formula for disaster. Right. And, when um, you talk about responsibilities, I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be that, you know, the children were taken care of by the parents, right? And then as the parents aged, then it became reciprocal where right. the children would care for the parents. And and now that's not really there anymore. And so when you talk about responsibility, well, you know, children, adult children who choose to disengage, they just didn't. They don't think about that responsibility. And so, you know, the, the their aging parents are kind of left on their own. And, you know, that has a rippling effect on family and on the community because there's less loyalty, less obligation. Yeah, let me, and let me just say something. You were saying do, do what's right. We, we want to be clear what we're talking about here. A parent, if you're a good parent, you're trying to do what God says is right for your children. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a huge cost even for you as a parent to do that. That's okay, right. Not just to do what you think is right. And it's the same thing for children as, as our parents get older, to try to do what God says is right for your mm-hmm. parents, not just what you think is right for them. Right. And what you're really struggling with is who is this God who gave us this wisdom and what, what is the capacity of his love? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, again, what, all that's being lost today in the discussion of it's my right to do whatever I want to do. Right. There's a conflict of values. And so we sit here and say, okay, you're doing what's best or what you think is right. Well, the child may have a different, you know, belief. And the thing of it is, is that children actually, you know, when they're children, they're not as aware of all the things, the components that go into decision making, right? Whenever they become adults, well, then they should be responsible for their own, you know, behavior, what they uh, believe goes into the role that they hold and um, the responsibilities thereof. And that's why I didn't like the author's kind of solution, which was, you know, at least it's better if you make the choice and it's least it's better if you feel like you, you have some kind of uh, control over the choices you make, you just make better choices. I think there's a bigger, there's a, you know, honor and, 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 and understanding that even my choice, autonomous mm-hmm. choice, can be a destructive element mm-hmm. in this whole discussion. We've got to find a way to see how all of that autonomy relates to God and his love for us and for others. Right. And I don't think so, so. much it was that you didn't like it. I think you thought it wasn't enough. It didn't yeah, go far. Yeah, okay. Because Maybe that's the better right, word. Right. Because when, you, when we, you and I were first discussing this article, I, I was confused by your response to it. And mm. I remember I kind of was like, well, no, I mean, what he's saying is correct, and it is, but I think he doesn't go far enough. Yeah. And so I think that's what you're saying, that, and that spiritual, there's more. Yeah, there's that, that deeper discussion that empowers even the proper choice. So, well, maybe it would be a good time right now to take a break away from this a little bit because uh, we've, we've been talking about these kinds of things, alienation. Now's the time to actually say, Lord, uh, we need your wisdom, we need your guidance because there's a lot of alienation that's going on in our culture right now. And so if you wouldn't mind, if we step away from this uh, topic a little bit, I'd like to have a a word of prayer um, for our our culture right now. Okay. Um, Because it is a difficult time. It's a wonderful opportunity to say, Lord, we're in your hands. So would you bow your heads and and pray with me? Mm -hmm. Dear Lord Jesus, uh, these are times of great alienation in our nation. 
We pray for the leaders of both of our parties to honor the moral truths of your word and the righteous call from your word for service to our neighbor, loving others as we are loved by you. So may this be, and and Lord, we pray this fervently, may this be a peace-loving way forward uh, rather than the splintering, potentially violent way backward. You know, when we transgress your will, please bring us to repentance and forgiveness before your throne of moral truth and grace and forgiveness. Uh, But let this be a time when we realize anew that politics will not save us, Lord Jesus, but faithfulness to you and a fervent love for others in your name, that will. So we pray for all of that for each and every person today who is listening, especially, and for our nation, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are hurting, and I I know when we started thinking about doing this topic, it's already heavy, but, you know, I think it's relevant because we do see a clash of values, uh, especially between the generations. This is ripping families apart. I know... For me, I've lost uh, and had conflicts with people I've known for years and have been in my life for years. And there's just so much hate, anger, nervousness, uh, fear. Um, It's, you know, and and, and again, if you center and just know, listen, we're in this world, but we're not of it. And we have to know that this world is broken and we just have to continue to reflect, you know, who we know God is in our words, in our behavior, right. with one another. And I'm just going to say this, because people don't know, uh, I used to be the speaker of the Lutheran Hour, which was an evangelism uh, organization mm-hmm. since the 1930s, um, longest-running gospel program, and now I'm in D.C., and I always tell people, right. I'm not getting more political. What I'm just saying is, let the church be the church, and please, people, do not believe the government's going to solve these big right. problems. That's right. my biggest beef today, yeah. is everyone's looking to these politicians to solve these questions. They're, they're broken, part too. The pro- <laughs> they're part of the problem, and they're not supposed to be. The government's yeah. not supposed to be the ones loving right. others. The government's right. supposed to just keep the rules fair. Mm-hmm. And so understanding their role, and then our role as free citizens, and mm-hmm. and all we want is the freedom to be able to do that. And then we want to hold ourselves accountable mm-hmm. to our responsibilities, not just That's our right. choices. Right. Sometimes so, those responsibilities can be uncomfortable and you still have to have them. Right. You have to still do them. And and let and let the Lord define whether we're accomplishing what he wants or not by virtue of his word and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that those are very important things to do and to keep in mind as, as we, uh, you know, listen— these are painful times, but it's never too late to try to reconcile, to try to understand, to try to heal. And uh, keeping it with our topic today right. of estrangement, you know, we've talked about possible reasons for that and for estrangement in families today. And, you know, we want to offer some suggestions, too, for mm-hmm. how to move forwards towards reconciliation and healing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know you have often said, and, and just here recently you said it again, and that there are days when we must love uh, and express love even when the other person may not be lovable or not deserve love or act loving, which never <laughs> the case with me because right I now. always <laughs> am. Actually, I'm not. <laughs> Today was one of those days lit- you had to show me love. I, I thought we might have <laughs> Well, a you chose to show coming. me love. <laughs> oh, no. I, I get it. Every day is a day to actually enjoy trying to find ways to love each other. Yeah. In Christ. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, this is a stressful time. Today was a stressful morning for me. There's no doubt. And I was just yeah. spreading is- that joy, wasn't I? <laughs> yes. 
No, and but it, honestly, you just kept coming at me, and I mm-hmm. love that in a good way. And mm-hmm. uh, but what but truly, what what you've said before is that, and, and it's that time when our ability to demonstrate and show love is a result of our relationship to Christ, and mm-hmm. that means and and helps you know that means a lot to me. That helps a lot, and I know that it has helped a lot of other people. Well, and again, it's uh, you know. A pastor is constantly got his nose in the Word of God, and it gives you wisdom uh, because you just see it over and over again there. And we just had a wonderful, a very special wedding last month, and mm-hmm. uh, you know our daughter. Yeah, our daughter <laughs> took her vows uh, yes. with, with our son-in-law. And we, that, that verse from the Bible: "Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ." And it's always interesting to me. People mistake they they think, "Oh, we're just supposed to love and commit ourselves." No, actually, it's submit to each other. Have this this focus on. Putting Putting the other person uh, before you, but not out of reverence for them, because you're always going to find a reason why you, they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So whatever we mean by love one another, we mean we're exercising our faith mm-hmm. in Christ as mm-hmm. we now risk loving and risk being, you know, uh, uh, vulnerable to another person. So. I think the only way to overcome alienation is not merely to try to make your choices align with your priorities, which is how other people might talk about this, but but to try to put the love of God to work, and, to, and that means trusting it, mm-hmm. trusting his wisdom, trusting those things. And of course, this is going to apply to parents and children uh, who might not deserve it. And, right. and then the other thing I was thinking that just popped into my mind is 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. And I, I always, people always say, we want to read that at our wedding, Pastor. We always want to. And I say, uh, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> Do they really understand it? Do you it? really understand yeah. it? Because 1 yeah. Corinthians 13 is not saying this is your love for each other. It's saying this is God's love for you, mm-hmm. that he can make a resource in your life if you if you trust it. But love is patient, kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor. It doesn't delight in evil. rejoices in truth. Always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. And I keep saying, folks... That's God's love, because your love is, in many ways, nothing like that. Um, So again, the first thing is trust him first, receive him first, and then put that to work Mm -hmm. in dealing with your alienation. That's that's a different discussion. So every day you wake up saying, Lord, I trust you, so help me to be more like you for the person that's in my life. Right. I noticed that you kind of skipped over it keeps no record of wrongs. Is that Was that to keep the peace with me? Because you know I struggle with that one. <laughs> I have a record, baby. She's, she's been erasing a, a few of those pages <laughs> lately, so it's, it's starting to really, you know, what? Thirty-six years we've been at this together. She's finally got the eraser out. I just told her. I said, "But Jesus already whitewashed Aww. it, honey." <laughs> but really, I noticed you did that. That was that was charming. Um, but really, you know, and then you know, then and love never fails, right? It, right. And, but see, that's God's love. And so it's it's not just, hey, do the best you can, try to love each other and hope you don't fall out of love. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's have faith in God, receive what he has for you and put that resource to work. And so every day is an, an example of saying, Lord, I trust you here. You know, let me try to be that. But, you know, Marie, what are some of the practical ways, though, that, that we can put that kind of love to work? I mean, that's where you start to, in your work, try to apply this to people's struggles and abs- and behaviors and things like that. Right. Well, you know, uh, first of all, it's very important to kind of try to heal and just to put this estrangement to close the gap, right? Because mm-hmm. if we don't, it has a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And and people that 
you know, don't deserve to be uh, ostracized or to be uh, caught up in this tangle of having to be loyal or not be loyal or, you know, they get affected too. So, you know, if, if we do not repair it, uh, it'll continue to to spread. Well, you know, you just gave me an, uh, another thought based on how you said that. I think we're reconciled reconcilers. If we really <laughs> understand how God actually uh, overcomes our estrangement from him, and then you really focus on that, I think it gives you some wisdom and, of course, power to actually start to deal with the estrangements you have, right? Right. We have to, first of all, accept that we're flawed and we have our own issues, right? Tough, tough thing to It's very tough. Them. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and then also to realize that they, sometimes God's we've um, created pain and hurt other people. Right. And so we have to be willing to go and make amends and apologize for that. There is a, another author. Uh, her name is Tara Westover, and she wrote a memoir um, called Educated. And, you know, I can really relate to this. She said, I know only this, that when my mother told me that she had not been the mother to me that she wished she'd been, she became that mother for the first time. Wow, that's a, I was just going to say something. So, Aren't people who are able to do that and say, please forgive me in strength, aren't yeah. they, don't they become the very people we want to aspire to be? You know, I think it's important to be able to demonstrate that you have the ability to acknowledge your part in the pain of another person and to model that and to be able to say, you know, seriously being contrite and remorseful, please forgive me for whatever specific thing, right, that I did. And then at the same time, we have to try to look within our heart, knowing that they were broken, and maybe that's why they inflicted the pain on us. Yeah, Yeah, that we can maybe begin to forgive. um, Not saying it's okay, but you know, but being willing to do that. So some of the things that I want for people to realize is, especially in this kind of a situation when we have estrangements between parents and adult children, is that oftentimes. Uh, the, the father, and this is not a, a negative thing to say uh, against men, but because they, if they, especially if they believe that they're the, the authority figure, which they are, mm-hmm. uh, if they believe, and depending on their ideal of masculinity, they may be less apt to to be the first ones to try to go forward and make amends. Mm-hmm. So normally, it's going to be the mother who has to. Um, move forward and try to approach the the adult child to try to uh, start a conversation, to have understanding, to try to mend. And even if you do not agree with the other person's version of the past or the present, and I mean this as an adult child or as a parent, try to have some empathy. Right. Try to understand and say, I, I'm trying my best to understand your viewpoint, because that's a good point to start from. Well, and also understand, you know, just speaking for moms and dads, kind of in general, too, you know, they, it's a tremendous responsibility to have other people's lives in your hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're a child, it's it's really the opposite. You know, you're just trying to find your way and kind of make your way into the world. Uh, but they, parents always are going to feel responsible. So if a parent comes to you and you're an estranged child and says, you know, I really could have done that better. And I sure, you know, I've seen how God said I should have been this kind of parent. And I wasn't. Uh, please f- forgive me. Man, they've just given you an incredible gift to mm-hmm. uh, please handle that um, uh, gently as well, because someday your children will be kind of in that same position with you as well. But I think the whole point with all this is, again, looking how God actually treats us. 
Right. He, he speaks very clearly. He speaks very truthfully. He speaks very boldly at times, but he always seems to speak gently because he's always wanting what's best for us. And just keep that in mind as you struggle with the parent version of this or the child version of this. Yes. I think that's, that those are very wise words right there, what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I think also maybe reevaluate just, you know, really... Are you being realistic in thinking that your children are responsible for your happiness as you're aging or that your parents are responsible for your happiness as you are an adult now? Yeah. I mean, that's that's really not a very realistic or fair expectation and to have a, one another. And if you're a Christian, God is the one who fills that gap right there. That's right. I would invite everybody to get closer Absolutely. in that way, because that's another way to heal yeah, and to God, have understanding and compassion. Well, I mean, that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me, Lord. And then let that confidence then kind of help you deal with your estrangements. Right. So if you are an adult child and you're somehow feeling empowered by your decision to disengage from your parents, I really invite you to reevaluate that. And you may have a very sincere um uh, reason. Yeah. Maybe there has been some abuse in the past, and I'm by no means saying that your parents are deserving of your forgiveness or mm-hmm. that, you're, that you know what happened to you was not important. What I am saying is for your sake, uh, you know, you need to work through that forgiveness and be willing to, to see your parents as broken uh, vessels. I've written about that um, in my blog that I write for Family Vision uh, Media, and um, I think you know, if people see each other as broken vessels and that can be made even more beautiful by being repaired through the Lord, mm-hmm. then, you know, we can start to make steps in the right direction Absolutely. towards towards healing ourselves and towards healing our relationships because for some reason God did put us in each other's life. Yeah, he, and the Lord accomplished the journey so that you can make those steps. Right. So remember, everyone, that there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org.